You are listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast brought to you by Birmingham Live. Hello, welcome to the Claret and Blue Facebook page. My name is Dan Rowenson. I'm joined by Ashley Priest and Patrick Rowe, or Pat Rowe. Pat, first of all, how are you, mate? Yeah, I'm all right. A bit tired, got in late last night after the away game. But yeah, fine. Yeah, good stuff. Ash, I assume you got back late as well. How are you? Mine was two, so it wasn't two. too bad. Yeah. Half, half one all last. So I beat the coaches at home. I was back for half one. I had a warm up a lukewarm chicken curry. And went to bed. Back on it this morning. So yeah, good. Uh, the way end was brilliant. Uh, the way end was, was great crackers. I had me howling in the press box. The Polish cafe and all sorts. So <laughs> great effort from the Villa Faithful, the Travelling Villa Faithful, who clapped, clapped the players off and rightly so after that. Mm. Great showing. Good crack in the way end. And um, yeah. Really good. Just unfortunate to lose on, on, on the Pat looked at his penalties. Yeah. Well, Ash, you were in the press box. Pat, you were in the away end. I was working from home and tucked up in bed by 11 o'clock. So I'm fresh as a daisy this morning. Well, this afternoon, sorry. Uh, it's been a busy morning. We'll be doing this as a, a live Q&A. We are live on Facebook as uh, people are watching along live at the moment. If you're watching this on YouTube, then leave a comment below. Um, we'll address some comments and some talking points. First of all, just general general thoughts on Chelsea last night. Ash, from, from your view, and then we'll come to you um, second, Pat. Almost disappointing in a way, um, not in terms of performance or anything, but out of a trophy again, and, and that's it for the League Cup for another year. You know, the, the um, 25-year wait or 26-year wait goes on for another year. From that perspective, it would have been nice to progress through to the fourth round and have a real good go at it, and we'll, we'll come on to the, the team after this. But Ash, like I said, just some general thoughts from you first. Yeah, I've said this previously in the build of the Charles game. I love, I love the League Cup, uh, bang up for that cup, and just a, it's a bad draw, wasn't it? White Stanford Bridge and... Chelsea picking a strong team. I mean, they're starting the Golo Kante, Timo Werner, just ridiculous talent. And Villa, they need, need minutes in them squad players' legs and no more so than like of Morgan Sanson, who, who came off injured, looked like a hamstring injury, definitely fatigue-based, basically his lack of minutes. And I was gutted for him because he, he looked the real deal there at Stamford Bridge. And yeah, valiant effort. Um, Cameron Archer impressed. They had two glorious chances and... Mm-hmm. Villa, went, Villa, Villa were comfortable for large parts of that game. I weren't, 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 I weren't concerned at all. Two and Zabie and Horse were, were brilliant. Unflustered at the back. And I think Villa had seven shots on, on Chelsea's goal. On, on target. And, Ch- and Chelsea had the same in the end. So, a great showing from, from, from Villa's second string, as it were. And the young lads did well as well. It's kind of Chuck Moeka, 17, coming on under the bright lights of Stamford Bridge. And oozing class at times. And, yeah, future's bright, Dan. Um Prince William was in, in, in the stands as well, and he would have been proud of that performance. So, yeah, really good showing. Just a bad cup draw in the end. They did it and going out on penalties. So, so unlucky. So, hmm. yeah, lots, lots to be positive about for me, mate. Pat, saw you in the background of Cameron Archer's goal celebration. Like you're having a lovely time with, with the missus, <laughs> I think. Uh, how did you see it from the away end? Oh, I absolutely loved it. It was my first away game. So, uh, it was a new thing for me. And I've seen a few tweets saying how good the away end was. Yeah, I absolutely loved it. And it's uh, another away-from-home performance against the Champions of Europe that I think you can be proud of. Like I think on another day, Cameron Archer does what he does at Barrow and lifts it over the keeper and it goes in, slots in his other one. Or if you have a, like a Watkins or an Ings or someone there to do it, they do that. But yeah, with the team we put out, I think some people were a bit disappointed and maybe not as optimistic as before, but the performance was amazing, I thought. And there's nothing you can be uh, ashamed of there. Yeah, I'm trying to word this the right way. I've already said this to you, Pat, off air. 
I don't want to kind of undersell what Villa are and how big we are as a club and stuff by saying like, oh, we should be proud of losing to Chelsea away. Do you know what I mean? I put a tweet out last night saying, I'm oh, proud of the boys. And they've done us, they've done us well there. And it's like, now I think about it. It's like, oh, we've gone to another Premier League side and lost. And it's like, yeah, proud of the boys. Like, I don't want to undersell Villa. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's you know, I want to be winning every game, but you know, it's a young side against the Champions of Europe. We played them there twice in a week. And to be fair, I know we've lost both games, but we've done well in both in, in different circumstances. And that, there is stuff to be proud of and youth players coming through the, through the <coughs> ranks and stuff. Courtney Hawes, who I openly said after um, the Everton game, I didn't quite fancy the idea of him against Ronaldo. Absolutely pockets Lukaku in, in, the, in the League Cup. I know he only comes on as a sub, but he deals with him. And now I'm sitting here eating a humble pie going, you know what, Courtney Hawes, go and face yourself against Ronaldo, go and test yourself because you've done a good job. So there is things to be proud of, but you know, to kind of still want to reiterate that point that there are a big club. And I, you know, I don't want to be proud of losing games. Have I made that point right or am I talking absolute rubbish there, Ash? Courtney Hawes <laughs> did really well um, for me. Um, I liked his tweet afterwards as well. He says... Whenever I'm needed, I'll do my best and I'll do the job that the test. And Courtney Horse did that. He's in real contention now to start at Old Trafford on Saturday. Um, three million quid. I think Dean Smith's improved in tenfold since he first. Yeah, that's true. Uh, what a deal that looks. I think Villa have an option to extend that by a year. I'll do that tomorrow if, if possible because his contract's up next summer. So, Courtney Horse, yeah. Incredible squad player to have at your disposal and he did really well last night. So, yeah, you're ramming that humble pie down your throat, Dan. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All for it. Um, <laughs> let's go to some of these questions then. Lee Welling says, he missed the first 45 minutes. I missed the first 15, actually. What happened with Morgan Sanson? Um, disappointing, because you know, from bits I'd seen and clips on, on Twitter that were doing the rounds and, and from you know tweets that I was seeing people write, it sounded like he was having a pretty good game. And, and you know, almost like I saw a few tweets saying what they were, he was the kind of player they weren't quite, quite expecting, like he was good pressing and stuff like that. And then, unfortunately, the, the guy that's been injured for so long goes down with another injury in a, in a League Cup game that, in some ways, doesn't doesn't mean anything now. So, what happened to, to his injury specifically, Ash? And, um, and how you know what did you make of him in the forty minutes or so before he went off? Yeah, I had a great view of that. I was right, right beyond the um, substitutes bench, and he, he gestured to Dean Smith. I need to come off. My hamstring's gone. He's pulling on his hamstring. So, at least be a hamstring injury. I think he's. Fatigue based, he hasn't played in six months and did a lot of running that 40 minutes down, a lot of running after Akante uh, and Sol and Chelsea's front line. He was he was doing it both end both ends of the pitch as well. He was tracking back deep into this corner. And he was up the other end, he threaded a lovely ball in for, for Archer. Great way to pass. And Archer was in and goal, but lifted easier for uh, over Kepper's crossbar. But yeah, Santam, he grew into the game. He was breathing quite heavily towards the end. He, he put a lot into that and and then that's why the injury popped up and the lactic acid started to come in and I think it pulled his muscle. So he was devastated. He screamed in anger right by the touchline thinking, not again, not another bump in the road. So um, real, real shame for him because he, he looks a real deal. looks classy operator. Yeah. Nice on the half turn. He was growing in confidence in that game. He said, I'm playing well here. I can, I can, do, I can do bits. So yeah, he's uh, he has got real pedigree down. He played at Marseille. Marseille fans demand a hell of a lot. He's playing in the Champions League. So there's a real player there, but they need to get him fit and fiery. And unfortunately now, we'll hear from Dean tomorrow, injuries. He'll probably face another couple of weeks out, perhaps. So we'll see the severity of that. But I think a great player to have in, in Villa squad if he's fit, mate. So hopefully it's not, not a bad one. What do you think of him part? Any stats that you've seen to, to suggest what he offers? Or I think uh, <laughs> off the top of my head, 
he had six ground jewels and won every single one of them. And then obviously he was running around like a all over the pitch. And it was like a hint of what he actually was. Like fans haven't seen it, I don't think. So it was like a welcome sight. And I think he worked really well with Nakamba as well. Yeah. Like, Nakamba can't bring the ball up as well as like other midfielders, but Morgan Samson was doing it for him type thing. Mm-hmm. They were working well together. Defence effort was good. And then, yeah, the pass to Archer, slotted him in, could have been a goal and it's an assist yeah. to his name. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's disappointing. I thought it was a glimpse of what fans have been waiting so long for. So, yeah, it is annoying. Not a question here from Paul, but he makes a quick point, so I want to share that point. He says, Nakamba's apologised for his missed penalty last night, which he does not need to do in, in, written in capitals. I agree. I, d- I don't know why we need to see things like this after every game. Someone makes a mistake or, I mean, is missing a penalty really a, a mistake? Or, not really. I mean, Ashley Young's blasting one off the bar as well. He's not come out and apologised as far as I'm aware. They don't need to. Like Anyone misses a, a penalty shootout, it's just one of those things, isn't it? I think Nakamba's one of the nicest men in football, you know, he's so, so nice and down to earth. Mr. He's a real nice guy and he just felt a bit guilty on the bus home probably and thought he tweeted out. No need to do that from, from the Canberra. I think he's been excellent this season. Another player who, for me, has improved under yeah. some tutelage. I mean, there aren't uh, many that haven't, really. Out of the players yeah. that are still with us, is there anyone who's gone backwards under Dean Smith's leadership in the last few years? I don't to think, really, but yeah, the Canberra's been excellent. He's a, he's a specialist in what he does. Um, did get on the ball too much last night, but he plugged gaps, he, he tracked back really well, and the positioning was very good whenever, whenever Villa lost the ball. So, great player to have in the squad for me, and no need to apologise, marvellous. And we all love him, don't we? Great squad player, and yeah, I think he's a real nice guy and just felt a bit guilty last night. Yeah, we said the same things after the Tyra Mings era as well, didn't we? Come out, apologise. I don't. I don't think we need to see stuff like that. You wouldn't have seen stuff before social media, so it doesn't, doesn't bother me. Um, Richard Law says, Brendier looks a concern. He's one that I'd written down as, as, a, as a little talking point. I almost got him versus Traore, not not against each other, but Traore comes on in, in his fleeting moments. You think, oh, dangerous player, like look, looks bang up for it, could, could potentially do a job starting for us. Brendier gets his chance, and at the moment, I think it's probably still fitness, and he's obviously been away for internationals as well. Um and I'm probably I'm putting that down to why he's, he's not hit the heights yet. But he doesn't like, like a vile block at the moment. And we'll come on to a Man United selection in a minute. And none of us would have put Wendy in to start against Man United. And as we've mentioned many times, this is our record signing and he's not up to it. That, and like Richard said, that is a concern. Pat, what was it What was it like amongst the supporters when, when Brodeur missed a pass? <laughs> what was the general consensus in the away end? I feel like... His work rate, I think everyone was appreciating that. He was doing the yeah. stuff like that he could control. Like just getting tackles in, maybe bringing a player down, whatever, just like the work rate was definitely there. It's just not clicking yeah. for him. Mm. I think it's that, like, when he scored that chance after we, uh, I think it was Cash cut it back to him or something. I think there is, a, like, a fitness issue and he hasn't really had, like, a run of games, been disrupted with injuries and everything. But, yeah, I don't think people got on his back too much, but it was just, like, a bit of disappointment that it wasn't clicking for him. And there was a few comments like, oh, he's not looking like a record signing at this point, but... And then again, I don't think anyone knows what his best position is either. So, yeah. right wing or number 10 for me, it doesn't really make a difference because he's never going to play like El Ghazi out wide or Bailey. He's going to be operating the, same, the exact same space either way. So, it's difficult. And I don't know if the system suits him. And then again, he had Archer in front of him, and it is difficult. He has, probably hasn't played with him that much and chemistry yeah. and stuff. And it is like a makeshift team, not a makeshift team, but like it wasn't the usual starting 11. So. I don't know if you can judge him off that, but yeah, slightly concerning maybe. 
It's just it's just small small margins, isn't it? You know, we don't want to judge Brendier off off a League Cup game when he's probably not fully fit. He scored against Newcastle, didn't he? He's obviously a, a talented footballer. I think it was Newcastle anyway. Um, Brentford, sorry. So this is why you're on here. Actually, you know what so we're talking come on. about. Come on. Um, but it's this is their one moment to impress, isn't it? And for the thousands that have yeah. gone down to watch Chelsea last night, they're excited to see Brendier get some minutes because you know different. Um, different options and stuff and he doesn't quite live up to it and, and that's what's disappointing and I'm going to write the player off because of that but you know you want these players to come in and, and make it difficult for Dean Smith don't you because if he's not an option for selection against Man United that's one less problem for, for Man United to deal with isn't it because he's not quite ready yet just confidence I think at the moment mm. he, he, he had his first goal great goal against Brentford and then he was away on international duty didn't get selected in the, in the lineup, and then he was quarantining with Martinez and he's been away from the group and his family for a few weeks, and he's just confidence. Telltale sign of confidence. You, you aren't you wait to pass. He's off, off, off underhitting, mm. overhitting. He was frustrated, jumping in the air, frustrated with himself, looking at the bench. He was absolutely, he was um, really annoyed at himself last night. So, just a confidence issue at the moment. So, he needs to get a bit of a rhythm going. But I'll say rhythm, there's only two games in the international break again. So, yeah, a bit of a tough one, but um, yeah, still acclimatizing to the system. Yeah, looks a bit lightweight in the middle of the, uh, there at the moment, but needs to get on the ball a bit more just to express himself. Trying, trying to play the, the side pass at the minute and just go out there. I think Dean Smith has got a job on his hands to get the best out of Bruindia now, and I don't think he'll start at the weekend. So he's a knuckle down and try and find his form there. Um, let's talk about Cameron Archer Matt Smith here compared him to Jamie Vardy and then in a follow up comment he said Vardy-esque and Gerard Tracy says will we hang on to Archer um, I'd like to think so there's no reason to suggest that Villa aren't on the up and that we can notice this player <laughs> something special and learning off um, Danny Ings and Ollie Watkins in the Premier League is, is great experience for him whether we see him go out on loan or anything that remains to be seen in January but what did you both make we'll start with you first Pat as Ashley's drinking his tea um, what did you think right in front of you that goal great header Unbelievable. Yeah, right for me, yeah, I loved it. But uh, it's his movement for me. It's just amazing. It's like he's five foot nine, and he was up against Saar and Chalobah, who were big and physical centre halves. And he's getting away from like peeling off for the header, the runs he was making for uh, the Samson chances, just staying just on side. It's just he's not playing like I've seen other strikers. I don't mean to call them out, like Callum Robertson. I remember his debut when he came on as a sub. I just remember thinking, ah, oh, the first touch isn't there. He's not settled at the level or anything. But Archer just looks like the real deal to me. He's just like his first touch is usually I don't don't see him like miscontrol many. I think he fell over when he was through on goal or something yesterday, but that's one of those. But he just looks like he's already at Premier League level to me, to be honest. And yeah, definitely I can see why Dean Smith wanted to keep him around. Yeah, big shout that Pat Premier League level. Um yet to make his Premier League debut, I believe. So he could make it this weekend. But yeah, it looks a real player, Vardy S, got you say. Um Great movements. Should have had a hat-trick, as we all know. And yeah, like, like Shakespeare said in his post-match yesterday, uh, it's come from nowhere, absolute nowhere. Yeah. Louis, ba- Louis Barry, Brad Young, all the other youngsters were well ahead of him in the summer. And he's uh, he scored a hat-trick in, that, in the, the summer camp down in London. Raised eyebrows. Dean Smith said, we'll have a look at him then. And he brought him in. And he didn't even rip it up at Solihull Moors last season. So given, given his upward trajectory since then, banging against the Champions of Europe, Looking good in doing so. It's been some rise from Cameron Archer, and he's, like I said this today in my piece, I said he's, he's a beacon of light for those under 23 players who are mm. a bit despondent at the moment at other clubs, thinking, I'm going to get much minutes there. And he's Cameron Archer's the man who's taken his chance, taking it in some style as well. 
and yeah, we could earn a new new deal here. Um, I believe his deal's up next summer. So Dean Smith wanted to address his situation in January, but I think he could do that, could, could do that beforehand now, going into the winter. I think Villa will need options. Relentless fixture schedule. We could see more 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 of Archer than than than, than we would have than we would have would have hoped to be fair. So yeah, tough for the lad and um, he's taking his chance and then some, isn't he? So yeah, it look, looks good. Yeah, I don't want to use Archer's kind of performance, uh, positive performance as a way of bashing other players. But I don't know how, how else to word word my way around this. But you've got Lou Barrier, uh, which not even playing, not really getting a sniff. Keenan Davis has his opportunities much older and keeps getting injured. At this yeah. point, I'd rather see Archer be our third choice backup. Obviously, Wesley as well, who's who's had injuries problems, but he goes out on loan as, as well. Ings, Watkins, and then Archer to, to support them in, in a crisis. And to be fair, we are playing two up front these days. So you, you, I mean, we probably need a fourth striker, to be honest, but that's the story for another day. I'd rather see Archer getting that breakthrough than one of the others I've just named because he's taken his opportunity when, he, when he's got it. He's not come through with loads of hope like we've seen in, in years gone by as well. I saw a tweet and they named three or four players. And I can only think of one, but you hear people like Delfonso coming through the academy. Oh, this exciting kid. I didn't hear that with Cameron Archer. Like you said, Ash absolutely came from nowhere. And first game he's playing against Barrow. Majority of the fan base go, who's Archer? I've not, yeah. not even heard where he's come from. So, yeah, definitely, definitely worthy of a new contract. Um, probably this leads into a conversation about team news. Then I'm not going to go go backwards here and assess team news after we've already talked about the result. But again, kind of that missed missed opportunity and the disappointment that came with people thinking that we maybe should have played a stronger side. And I had a conversation with with a guy on social media last night, and he was saying, "Look at Chelsea's bench compared to ours." So, yeah, I understand the point, but Chelsea have got a massive squad of quality compared to ours anyway. Having said that, I don't know why Danny Ings or Ollie Watkins aren't on the bench last night, because if one of those are able to come off the bench, we might be in the fourth round now. Mm-hmm. And and that is a that is a fine margin that I would have liked to see Villa go for it a little bit more. Whether that's the starting eleven or not, the subs bench probably could have been a little bit stronger, to be honest. Yeah, the average age was 18, and Kyle Trippmaker coming in and Chelsea had Lukaku to call upon, didn't they? Yeah, that, that's the difference. I know it's a very different thing that they can call on Lukaku, but you know, if we could call on Danny Ings, yeah, that, that's still a big sign to bring on. Mm. Um, I'm not saying that we should have maybe started a full-strength eleven, but yeah, it's just... it's it, We never know, will we? It's, um, it, does it matter at this point? Probably not. <laughs> I just thought I'd raise it because I've seen it on social media. Yeah, it's, it's but some maybes, isn't it? I mean, hindsight's a good thing. and I mean, a bit of a couple of sh- penalty shoot that penalty kicks away from going yeah. through and yeah. everyone would have lauded Dean Smith what, what, a, what a mastermind that was but weren't to be and that's the hindsight's a good thing there Bring, yeah, bringing Danny Ings on maybe I, th- I think Nakamura hasn't scored for five years so I'm not going to shoot him down taking penalty obviously it's 50 <laughs> chance but yeah. I think bringing Ings on it might have been the difference but yeah hindsight and all that yeah um a couple of comments on Facebook about Ashley Young getting ripped apart last night. I've not not seen too much about that. A bit of sloppy passing, Steve Mann says here as well. Um, you both saw four ninety minutes of Jamaica Young because he looked all right in these in the Premier League games that he started. There was a lot of space on that side, I know that much, but I felt every time I think it was Hudson Adoy, every time he was running at Young, Young dealt with it to be honest. I think just like never dived in really. Or did dive in a few times, fouled him a few times, but like when he was sizing him up in front of goal, he'd like usher him down the line or something. I think the last attack of the game was like something like that. But I thought he did all right. Experience down there and everything, so not too bad from memory. Yeah, I mean, I'll give him a seven in the ratings, probably a bit, bit generous, but he, he dealt with Hudson Adoy. Uh, how quick is he? So Young dealt with him for large part. I think Hudson Adoy got a yard on him and got a shot off. 
that Eugenio Thomas and he beat Young and and uh, yeah, Algarzi heading him didn't really track back too much. Reese Jones was bombing on and now and again. So I thought Young did okay considering. Um, I think he tired towards the end of it, um, but he did fine. It was a fine night to work, really. Um, let's go to Man United then. Uh, I think we've done Chelsea now, and we'll talk about injury news in a sec because we, we expect Bailey to be missing, and we will clarify that shortly. Uh, I'm going to flash up on screen Ash your predicted eleven for Man United, and for the audio listeners, I'll read it out. So we've got three-five-two again with Emmy Martinez, Tyra Mings, Courtney Hawes, and Ezra Collins was a back three. Target and Cash as your wing backs, McGinn, Louise, and Ramsey in midfield, and Watkins and Ings up top. Um, again, conversation how you get Buendia, Bailey, and, and try to into this side is, is a question for another, another day. After the Everton game, I sat on here and said, I oh, don't really fancy Hawes playing. I'd, I'd go 4 3 3 and maybe get Tro- or get Bailey in there, who we now expect to be injured. But after Chelsea, you'd be saying, oh, yeah, maybe Traore deserves to start, and, and how you fit the how you fit him into this side playing a three at the back I don't really know um, is that the best 11 we've got available at the moment do you think um, it all depends if Dean wants to flip, flip, flip the system and, and change it go forward the flat back four because obviously two and Zab is a bit of a big miss obviously he's, he's settled in well with, with Conter and Ming so all depends on what, what Smith wants to do at Old Trafford he was asked about his system last week at Everton he said I ain't changing it we're looking athletic we're creating chances so I see him going down that avenue again Courtney Hawes impressed in midweek and uh, I think he, he gets his shot. And I think Man mm-hmm. play Ronaldo up front with a couple of high flyers on the flank. So, yeah, I think that that, that, picks it, that team picks itself for me. If McGinn's okay, we'll get some team news tomorrow from Dean. Leon Bailey, got a muscle strain. So, it all depends on, on his availability. I, I expect him to be out. But we'll see. But I, I won't change things too much after a 3-0 win against Everton last week. I think the the Ings and Watkins come back into the side and I think we go from there. What about, what about you, Pat? So I'm, I'd be completely fine with that team, to be honest. The only thing I'd say is the Mings and Hawes kind of partnership, having two strong left-footed players that maybe can't use their right foot as frequently. And then mm-hmm. if McGinn's not fit, you're also yeah. going to have Nakamba in there, who is also really heavily left-footed. So there might not be a lot of balance in that team. So we looked good yesterday with the back four, to be honest. Like We weren't overrunning midfield. Or anything, so he might opt for the back four with Conza and Mings, and then obviously that allows Triore, who played quite well yesterday, to get into the team. Yeah, it's um, there's a comment here from Steve who says the worry with that team is for Man United where's the, the creativity come from. I suppose the concern would be if, if Danny Ings plays a little bit like Chelsea away in the league and is a little bit isolated, and you're playing a three-five-two to play two strikers and get him in there. Who who is who is offering that creativity? Now, I would like to see Triore feature at some point. And I, I kind of said this to you guys off air. The only way to do that is a four-three-three, and then you got to put Ollie Watkins out wide. And I, I don't want to do that either. So you're making compromises in two, two different ways for the, almost for the sake of it. If um, Troy can come on and have an impact like Bailey did against Everton, then maybe that's the way forward. But do you want to be waiting an hour in before you see some creativity? I mean, you need the guys that start to do, it, don't you? You, you need Danny not to go missing essentially and try try and um, cause problems for Man United. I think cash will be important, like you just saying, Ash. If if Hawes or whoever's the the main centre back can can deal with Ronaldo, and the other defenders can kill, deal with the wide players, you expect cash and target to to push on and, and put balls into the box for those those two strikers. For some reason, I fancy us against the Man United. I don't know why, because they're probably the best they've been in the last few years. And I suppose we're, we never beat them. <laughs> well, yeah, and we never beat them. I, I was going to say maybe we're the best we've been in recent years as well, but I don't know whether that's strictly true. Um, 
they're bound to get some dodgy penalty of some kind of sort of stat yeah. that they've not had a penalty this season. So that's absolutely nailed on that they'll get one this week. Um, but I don't know, for some reason, just blind, like you, Pat, last week, blind face, it's just to go and beat him for some reason. I, I just don't know why. Yeah. First time in, I think the last win was 2009. Yeah. I think Gabby scored. <laughs> but yeah, Ronaldo likes a goal against us and they haven't had a penalty yet. So there's a lot to be a bit cautious about. But I'm the same. For some reason, I think the performance we've shown would give you a bit of luck, if that makes sense. Just like one to four yeah, to Danny Ings in the box or something from a corner. There is a, like, a set-piece goal for us, it's like a bullet header or something is due. But yeah, I think we've got, whatever way we set up, I think we will threaten them. If we went for a 4-3-3, I'd probably be leaning towards Watkins starting instead of Ings. I don't think Ings can really... Like the way Archer played yesterday and just played on top of his own, he did like kind of occupy the defenders a bit and made the runs in behind and stuff. I think Watkins would do that a bit more than Ings might do, hold the ball up and stuff. But yeah. We we normally have a, an opposition reporter on here to ask what their weakness is. Ash, as I'm going to go to you as the, as the senior journalist out of the, out of the three of us. What is Man United's weakness? How do we beat them? Is it is it out wide? Is it centrally? What should we try and exploit? I think set pieces. I think Villa strong on set pieces. I think I'd go at Manu. I'd pepper the balls into the box. I think well, Fred started at West Ham. Fred small small central midfield. I think Manu got three imposing figures: Varane, Maguire, and McTominay. The getting between them, maybe Tashi's long throws key tomorrow. I think Austin McPhee will have a couple of tricks up his sleeve. Uh, Courtney Horse, he'll be a threat from attacking set pieces, you know, mm. massive. Mings, Concert, chuck them all in there, cause mayhem and make them defend. Make them defend, pin them back. And um, I think hopefully the set pieces come, come good tomorrow. It's a, it's a string to Villa's bow this season. Um, yeah. So I think that, that could be the way to go, get crosses into the box. I think Cash's cross yes, last night was unreal, by the way. I think missed by a lot yeah. of people. Incredible cross. Um, so get crosses into the box with quality there. Any second balls, hopefully McGinn, Ramsey, mop up at the edge of the box and take your chances. You've got to take your chances against these big sides and Villa tip them and, and be brave at the back. There could be a result there to have. So, so yeah, Villa um, need to be strong tomorrow, need to impose themselves at the back and don't give Ronaldo any wiggle room and try and be a threat on uh, set pieces. Um, that'd be the way to go for me and you get Austin McFee's iPad out and just, just go for it man <laughs> no, the card for Giants beer so I don't think Ings went missing he did a lot of tracking back I'm sure we need to do the same on Saturday Thomas says Ings tracking back was excellent versus Everton I agree with that um, maybe went missing is a, a harsh harsh use of words I don't think he had many touches against Chelsea though at Stamford Bridge so 14 yeah call it what you want <laughs> not as involved as you'd like though um, although for what we've seen from Danny Ings that assist for, for Bailey's goal surprised the fans a little bit that mm. not quite sure that that's what Danny Ings had in his locker so when we're talking about where does the creativity coming from Ings dropping back to support the midfield and, and played nice through balls through for, for Ollie Watkins this time maybe that's the way of, of, of building the midfield and attack get Danny Ings to be a bit more involved yeah, yeah against uh, sorry Ash um, against Everton he dropped into that like, number 10 pocket a bit more and was a lot more involved like deeper I think for Southampton, he'd have 35 touches a game and average like three, four shot-creating actions a game. So he can clearly create for his teammates. So if you do drop him deeper, he's going to do exactly what he did against Everton, which is find his teammates and put it on a plate for him. Five games down, two goals, two assists. Not bad numbers, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That doesn't sound like a player that's gone missing, has it? It's one game to be fair. <laughs> get hung up on this gone missing comment. Um, Nick Garner says, Louise on a camera to stick to Ronaldo like glue. 
Uh, is there a tactic that could be deployed? I don't know whether it would be Luis and Nakamba. Is it not one of the three centre backs just tasked with stand on Ronaldo's toes for 90 minutes? Mm, yeah, Ronaldo will stay high and yeah, be up to one of the three centre backs to stick with him. And Ronaldo's a great aerial threat, isn't he? So we never mm. need to be focused tomorrow. Balls coming into the box, need to get a lot of first contacts on there. Otherwise, Ronaldo will do what he does, what he's done for the years now. So yeah, one to keep an eye on. Let's talk about injury news and the last point of this live podcast. Um, Dean Smith's press conference on a Friday. We're doing this on a Thursday for those people who aren't watching live. We're doing this a day earlier than usual. Obviously, Villa played last night against Chelsea. No post-match press conference from, from I don't think, either side last night. Am I right, Ash? Yes, correct. I think Thomas Tuchel did a preview yeah. for the Villa game and then Chelsea didn't do one. And so Villa thought we won't do one. So yeah. Craig Shakespeare did some in-house stuff. Yes. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd like to quiz Smith on a couple of injuries and what's the latest, but didn't get the chance to do that, sadly. Yeah, so we'll have we'll have further clarification tomorrow, which is Friday, if people aren't watching this live, and that will clear up a lot of a lot of debate at the moment. Let's talk about Leon Bailey because that's the the main one. And Ash, we've already spoken about this off air a little bit, so I don't want people to think I'm throwing you under the bus here. But we want to talk about you tweeted yesterday that he's ruptured his his, th- his quad muscle, his thigh muscle, and people have. There's been a bit of a social media breakdown to that. Again, ruptured is a, a big deal. Is it a rupture? Is it a tear? Is it a strain? You know, is that poor wording from you, or is this what you've been told? Again, all this is clarified within 24 hours when Dean Smith talks about it. Yeah. If it's going to be a couple of weeks. To me, that isn't a rupture, and that's just a poor choice of word from you. Can I pull back down? I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I should, yeah, certainly right for, for tweeting fans back, really. But listen, probably loosely worded from me. Um, it's not as severe as everyone as what rupture. Everyone takes rupture. I'm just googling rupture now. Break or bu- it's a break or bust, a break or burst. Suddenly, I thought, I thought Leon Bailey no, burst his quad suddenly when shooting. But listen, yeah, but I think if he's walked off and he's doing post-match interviews, that's just like a little strain. I think if he'd done a serious rupture of a muscle, he'd be stretched <laughs> off. To be honest, is how I, is that's how I see it in my head. Strain, rupture, tomato, tomato, mate. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get it all concrete and confirmed tomorrow morning. Yeah, uh, nice and early. Stop all that doubt spreading. I think he's a doubt for Manu, given given it's been what seven days since since he had to he was forced off. Um and you wouldn't come off, you're buzzing, you wouldn't come off, would you? So he, he knew something was up, wanted mm. to come off. And it's just I mean, Manu's such a big game for him. He's Matt Usain Bolt's a big Manu fan, he would love to play the, on Saturday. So yeah, we'll we'll find out tomorrow. Apologize for my, my loose loosely worded rupture. I won't be doing that again. But uh <laughs> but yeah, he's a doubt for Saturday and hopefully gets through it and we'll hear from Dean tomorrow. Hopefully no cryptic cryptic words from Dean and hopefully he's okay. And um, we'll go from there. Well, we've, I've had a serving of Courtney Horse on pie. You've had your Leon Bailey rupture on <laughs> pie on this episode. So, you know, we're not digging each other out. We just want to be open. We want to be clarified, clarify what we've said. You know, like we said, Dean Smith will clarify all this for us in 24 hours. Like, I'm not going to panic yet. Um, just off the sake of one word in the tweet. Um, <laughs> if it is just a, a strain and it's a couple of weeks and he comes back after the international break, you look at that and think, oh, that's a four-week injury. But two weeks of that is an international break. So it's one of those where he might be fit for, for Spurs next week. But they think, yeah. well, we'll give him another couple of weeks here with the international break. So yeah. I don't think it's a big deal. He's not going to be out till Christmas or anything mental. It's no. just, again, a little bit like the Brundier stuff we were talking about 20 minutes or so ago. A new signing comes in and looks dangerous and he's played 60-odd minutes. And yeah, yeah. he's contributed in that time. But I want to see him starting games every week and now he's injured for a little bit. That's frustrating. It's annoying. 
like we said, for those people watching along with this podcast, we'll know for sure when Smith mentions it tomorrow, unless we hear things like pain free and running on the grass and stuff, and I'll be having terrible <laughs> flashbacks. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll know. Should get a bingo card out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea, actually. Uh, yeah, so we'll know for more next time. Ash, warning to you to be more careful with your words in future. Um, yeah, Pat, you've just sat along and listened to this conversation because nothing to you, you, you're there as a fan. Okay. Um, so, yeah, we'll call it a day there. I think that's half an hour of, of questions. I think we've answered pretty much everything everyone wanted to know. Uh, and team news, yeah, all my notes are ticked off, so I'm happy to call it a day there. I'm off tomorrow, so I'll avoid the meltdown when Dean Smith talks about Leon Bailey being out till Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we'll be back again Saturday. It's 12.30, quick kickoff, so Ash, you and me can catch up um, some bright early evening after you finish your match duties, yeah, yeah. and we'll, we'll do 20 minutes or so after we've had a massive three points at Old Trafford because it's actually Come on, nailed boys. on. Come on, um, Ash, thank you very much. Pat, thank you. Thanks for all the Good comments for, um, for answering, sending questions, sorry. And we'll be back in a couple of days' time. Thank you for listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please do let us know. We love hearing your feedback. We'll be back soon with another episode. But until then, up the villa. Up the villa.